Kelly's Taboo Terrors presents The Women of Fucked. is an all-female, created, directed, and everything, extreme horror anthology. So when I heard that this was something that was being created this year in 2020, I had to find out more. I had to get in touch with the women involved with this to find out exactly what this was about and why they wanted to get involved in such a project. There is such misconceptions out there about women in the sense that generally men and our society thinks that women overall don't enjoy horror films, but particularly we are not going to be interested in extreme cinema or extreme horror. And that is incorrect. There are many, many of us that are out there. If you just search through Facebook groups for extreme horror and extreme cinema, there's tons of women there. We like weird shit just as much as the next person. And here we are. So let's talk to the women of Fucked. Hello, my name is Jesse Seitz, and I am here to talk about the project Fucked. Fucked is the first anthology to specifically highlight women in extreme cinema. And by extreme cinema, we mean things that lie beyond like what you typically see in a traditional horror movie. So a lot of themes of exploitation, a lot of themes covering like very uncomfortable subject matter, very visceral, oftentimes very gory and very weird. I am the producer and also a co-director in this project, and it was really important to me to offer this opportunity because although many women see themselves like represented in this like genre up on the screen and are fans of it, there aren't just a whole lot of opportunities or event um, highlighting of women in extreme cinema. And I thought that that was like really weird. And I noticed when I was filming my documentary Beyond Horror that a lot of people just were flat out assuming that women just weren't into the extreme stuff. And, you know, those of you listening and um, are probably kind of like laughing to yourself because we all know that that's kind of bullshit. Women are very, very much into this. So I kind of put a call out um, to some fantastic uh, lady filmmakers that I knew asking them if they wanted to participate and sort of raise awareness about how women also have a lot to say within this particular genre of film. And I think that it's uh, super important because the thing with extreme cinema is that it can be made for next to nothing. And the subject matter is pretty like limitless in what you can do. I mean, these are not films that, you know, you're going out and trying to win Academy Awards for. These are films that really are trying to say something. So it really offers this uncensored platform. And that's very, very powerful. And it was important to me to be able to showcase something other than just dudes doing it. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking an interest in this project and everybody be on the lookout for Fucked. First up is Dylan. So Dylan Mars Greenberg is a director, video artist, and prankster whose films have garnered both critical acclaim and ridicule. She's been called everything from transgressive to inept. 
However, her work has been shown internationally and has been covered by Rolling Stone, Paper, Vice, Pitchfork, and more. Despite only being 23 years old, her life and work were the subject of a documentary called Women from Mars, which won Best Long Short and Best Director at Couch Film Festival. Dylan Short and Fucked is entitled Lost Rituals. So my first question for you, Dylan, is why did you want to get involved with this project, Fucked? I think um, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine, Kansas Bowling, who is a good friend of mine, a really great filmmaker, sent me an email about this, and I had I had briefly spoken to Jesse before Jesse Seitz, and mm-hmm. I think you know she's an incredible filmmaker. She's very you know determined. She's incredibly prolific, mm-hmm. and I, I think initially. I was actually a little bit, I, I guess I was a little bit on the fence at first. Okay. I, I, I actually don't usually do things that I would consider extreme horror. Although, oh, okay. I, after speaking with Jesse, I realized the definition is a little more broad than I thought. And I, I was really interested in making a silent film which I haven't done in a, in a long time. I mean, I've, I've done a few, but I haven't really done a silent film in a while. Um, I, I wanted to make a silent uh, short film. On the tail end, pretty much just finished doing my seventh feature. There was a lot of sound involved. It's a lot of components. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I want to do something that is silent. And actually, when I screen it live, I intend to have a, a live uh, band to, to score it. I've very much been on a um, Kenneth Anger kick, and I realized there's a lot of elements of Kenneth Anger's films, and there's a lot of the same symbolism that I was looking to achieve in sort of things that are associated with gore. Okay, okay. So I I realized that I could create a film that both sort of fulfills some of the more spiritual aspects of what I was trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and still falls into the realm of extreme horror because I want to use the gore which uh, Jesse and her incredible husband are going to help me with. They're going to actually make some of the gore props. Excellent. I can use those to further that uh, spiritual aspect. Right. As opposed to that hindering the spiritual aspect. Excellent. And so a side question would be, what what in your mind uh, did you think that Jesse was expecting with regards to your definition of extreme horror? And then what was her kind of definition? I'm curious about that kind of conversation that happened. I guess when I think ex- like extreme horror, I tend to think of like torture porn okay which is maybe which is maybe not like maybe that's i think that's just kind of like that might be too narrow of a definition on my part and Mm -hmm. i think that i might have i think that maybe to an extent i even had a a thing because you know i worked in film for a while and i've seen a lot of shot on video movies with gore Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I made it kind of a resolution at some point of like, I really 
you know, my movies are very low budget right now, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to look like everyone else's. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was I'm going to try, like I think a few years ago I sort of made it a resolution of I'm going to try and keep the gore in my films very minimal so that when it does happen, it's surprising. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in my new film, my new film is my new feature film. Throughout most of the film, there's very little gore, but then I have one scene with that is very gory because, mm-hmm. and it's towards the end of the film because to me that feels like then when it happens, it will feel so much more shocking. The viewer mm-hmm. won't be desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. So I think my concern was that. If I have a film with gore throughout, it will desensitize the viewer and then become something that isn't that remarkable by the end of the project. Right. So right. that I, I discussed this with Jesse, and I think we both agreed that you know, I think that we're there's going to be some strategically placed elements of gore, and you know, sort of things that resemble. I wouldn't even say violence. I would call them more like in this instance, almost like kind of like a surrealist surgery. Oh, okay. And I think if they're strategically placed, that has the same effect. And I, I would, I feel would still fall into the realm of extreme horror because it, I, I'm hoping that those scenes will elicit some sort of response, be mm-hmm. it not necessarily a shock response, but perhaps a response of catharsis. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think something that I've always sort of fantasized about is like, if I'm ever in pain, like being able to cut open my body and remove whatever it is that's, that's causing me pain. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I think I want to incorporate a scene where something like that happens. And I think for some people it will feel shocking. And then for others, at least for me, it might feel cathartic. Excellent. Well, that sounds really exciting. And I'm so overall really excited for this project. But yeah, that that sounds really interesting. Thank you. My next question would be, do you have any advice for people who want to get into filmmaking in general or extreme filmmaking? And I was thinking, is is there a difference? Is there, are there different challenges to get into generalized filmmaking over you know, horror or extreme cinema filmmaking? Well, first of all, my advice is that anyone can be a filmmaker now, which is great, I think. I'm sure some filmmakers, you know, like to go, oh, well, now with phones, you know, any, you know, any untalented person can be a filmmaker. I think that's incredible because Mm -hmm. you can make an entire film start to finish, you know, film it and edit it from your phone. You can Mm -hmm. edit on your phone. Yep. And pretty almost everyone has a smartphone now. I definitely would say, you know, I think there's a lot of people who come out of film school and then think that they are going to need a bigger, you know, they think their idea of a low budget film is like Mm $200,000. And I think that it's important to expand your definition of filmmaking and and I think that definitely something that kind of made me feel very liberated was realizing that I didn't need to follow any 
rules if I'm making a film on my own terms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think it's very important to basically it, it's at the end of the day i mean it's 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 like just like really try and have fun you know if you mm -hmm. don't have a budget and you don't have anyone above you telling you what to do then just try i mean i think everyone anyone who likes film even if they have investors and money should at some point try making a film with no money because I think it's a very freeing experience and you, it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want. There's no one looking over your head. It's very, you know, there's no expectations. And I think that's a very important thing because I think that art should be uninhibited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In terms of extreme filmmaking and horror, I would say, I would actually recommend, yeah, definitely, Try, you know, trying and, and making that. I mean, obviously, I think some, you know, gore effects in particular are sometimes a bit hard to create. But there's a lot of, you know, I mean, you know, you can pretty much, you know, if you don't have someone who knows how to do them, there's, you know, a million YouTube tutorials about how to do different gore effects mm -hmm. and stuff. Just try it out, you know. Yeah, and, and certainly I think... There's also a lot of ways to visualize extreme horror. It could even be as simple as just covering someone head to toe in blood, or you know, there's or there's. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess what do you think? There's any alternative ways on on your end that you could think of to visualize extreme horror without necessarily the conventional idea of gore. Mm. Sorry, I'm, I'm asking yes. you. Actually, <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. Um, no, no, I, I'm, not, I'm actually not done answering the question, but I was. I'm asking you this, if yeah. you don't mind, is just to yeah. kind of have a conversation. Like, yeah, for is sure. there what other things do you think of? Because I feel like I'm sort of still learning the full definition of what this is. Like, I think I might be in a different place than some of the other filmmakers involved in this. Yeah, and I love that. The diversity is, is great and refreshing and welcomed. Um, yeah. For me, anyways, it's all about taboo busting. So, yes. and, so that can go within the full range of taboos. Rape, violence, pedophilia, necrophilia, combinations of all of, all of that. You know, abortion, infant, infanticide, you know, a lot of those different things. And they can look like essentially what you were talking about is that they can look different. But for me, it's just it's just breaking and showing taboos, which you wouldn't see in a, any kind of regular film or a regular horror film. See, that's that's actually really that's really great, because then going back to that, going back to this, then, yeah, what, what's important ultimately is that you're breaking taboos, mm -hmm. you know? I think that can be done regardless of gore or resources. And actually, thank you for telling me that because I don't know if I've ever fully thought of it that way. I will say I think that it's also, especially when you're starting out as a filmmaker, it's never a bad idea to try your hand at, at, at horror because mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's a solid, a more, a much more solid fan base for that kind of thing and press, you know, for low budget horror that you probably wouldn't get if you were, for instance, making a drama. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. definitely it's, I mean, I, I hate to, to say something that is just kind of about marketing, but it is, it is really true. You know, it definitely make, you know, going, you know, my first feature film was not really a horror film. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it had elements of it, but it was really a straight up, you know, an art house experimental film. My second film was sort of a, a, a bridge between that and horror where mm-hmm. I was trying to take something that was very abstract and then incorporate elements of like slasher films and tropes from horror films that I liked into that. And that's when I first started to get press and I was 17 years old when I made my second feature film. So that really helped me. Mm-hmm. So definitely I think that horror is a good place to start. Even if you plan on making other genres in the future, it's a good way to get your name out there and to get people interested in your work. I agree. Horror is very marketable, and there's there's something to be said about that. I agree, yeah. For sure. On the other hand, I also think that, at least on my end, oh, I guess going back to, it's like I personally been a little bit tired of, for instance, nudity. Mm-hmm, hmm I personally felt like my last few films, it was a compulsion where I had to include nudity in the film. Mm-hmm. or else it wouldn't really be a horror film. And I realized, you know, people can see a nude body at this point in time whenever they want. So I think just what's important is also to say to filmmakers, going back to an earlier point, is being uninhibited also means don't feel like you have to do mm-hmm. things that are, you know, particularly extreme because otherwise it doesn't make your film notable in some way mm-hmm. you know it's ultimately if you want to have nudity or one of your actors it feels very strongly about being nude in the film then absolutely by all means go for it i just feel like at this point in time again what's so great about not having a budget is that what there's no expectation so it's really just basically just that you should create your vision with i mean obviously within the limited resources of a no budget film but mm-hmm. i feel like to me, I feel like there's so many things that you can create and portray, even with no resources. There's so many mm-hmm. creative ways I've seen people portray something that, you know, would otherwise be portrayed in a much bigger budget feature film. And, you know, I think that you should portray what you want exactly as you personally see fit. And I think that's that's really important when you have, you know, there's no preconceived notions about what you have to do. Agreed. Yeah, it's fantastic. I have really one last question, and it is, what is your favorite extreme horror film and why? You know, oh, you know what film I really love is uh, Kuso. That's one of my favorites. Have you seen Kuso? Kuso? No, I have not heard of this. Kuso, I highly recommend it. It came out in 2017, and it it premiered at the uh, Sundance Film Festival, and it was very controversial a lot of people walked out. Is directed by the DJ Flying Lotus and is very much focused on taboos. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately it tries to paint a larger picture of American culture as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps just like the world's collective culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, impo- it's almost impossible to describe Kuso. I would say just look up the trailer. It's definitely just focused on, 
you know, things that normally make people uncomfortable, providing them in a context where within the film they're not explained, Mm -hmm. they're almost just portrayed as ordinary, which in a way is very, um, very unsettling. It's got an incredible cast. I actually had the chance to work with um, one of the film's stars, The Buttress, in my upcoming feature film. She's really incredible. It's, yeah, just a really stellar cast. And yeah, I highly, I highly would recommend it. It's a really, really incredible movie. Definitely very extreme, very uh, divisive. A lot of, some people mm-hmm. love it, some people hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, if, if I think that it really should be seen. I, I believe it's streaming on Shudder. It was a Shudder exclusive, I believe. Oh, and how was that spelled? K-U-S-O. As it sounds. Okay, Kuso. Yeah. I will 100% be looking this up afterwards. So thank you very much for that. That's great. Yeah, of course. Okay, well, that's pretty much it for my questions, this brief interview. So thank you so much, Dylan, for your time. Uh, thank where you. Can, yeah, where can people find you online? I would say the best place to find me online is my Instagram, Dylan Mars Greenberg. And you can keep up with everything I'm doing there. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but... Another short I directed called The Bathtub is premiering on the 29th at uh, LA Punk Film Festival online at, um, well, 4.45 p.m. EST, and then I would say 1.45 p.m. LA time. And then that night, speaking of extreme horror, actually, a film I co-starred in, Shakespeare's Shitstorm, which is a trauma film, is premiering at Fantasia Film Festival online at 9.30 p.m. EST. And if you want to see something with extreme horror, that film, I would say, breaks just about every taboo in the book. (laughs) (laughs) I love trauma, so that's uh, that's fantastic. (laughs) I I co-star in that film with some really fantastic people. That's so uh, fun. Yeah, so um, actually, that's uh, that's my that's my recommendation. Even though it's not widely released yet, yeah. if anyone's if anyone has a pass to see the films online at Fantasia, then that's that's definitely a must see. Excellent Shakespeare's shitstorm. Is that what you? Is that yes. what it is? Excellent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Lloyd Kaufman's interpretation of the Tempest. Excellent, excellent. Well, that yeah. So that's it. Again, thank you uh, so much for thank your you. time. That was illuminating. Thank you so much. <laughs> the children of the world always meet the doom and the earth will soon end. We all perish, all perish, all kids, all perish. Cemetery ceremonious. Find me at my loneliest. Life is the ugliest bitch I ever messed with. But she quit the down that nut back like that's quick. Never try to take my life. You get your chest hit. Counting paper with Nigeria to my flesh flick. Our next woman is Dixie Gers. She's new to filmmaking, and her short, in fact, is called Human Toilet, which is all about a friendship between two women. Enjoy. My first question is, why did you want to get involved with this project? I met Jesse on the set of Death Care probably, was it a year ago? It was a year or two years ago, and then just learning about her work and stuff like that. And then I personally am kind of new when it comes to extreme horror. So, like, I've never really broken down horror into, like, its subgenres and stuff like that. Whenever it comes to films, like, oh, I'm just going to watch this because it looks really cool. So I actually watched um, her and Marcus's documentary, Beyond Horror, and I was like, holy shit, like, this is beyond anything I can imagine. So ever since I saw it... 
I was like started like digging into like some of um, the filmmakers that they mentioned there. And I was like, this is really awesome, and like I would love to be you know do anything like this, just because like there's no limits on what you can do mm-hmm. and how you can express your art. So when she posted about doing this, I was like, hey, I can kind of do it maybe. <laughs> so, and she was like, all right. And I was like, sweet. And then I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Because <laughs> um, you were initially an actress, right? Yes. Yeah. Not that you're not still an actress, but you know, you kind of started out that way. Yeah. So I started um, acting in like 2016. So it hasn't even been that long. And then mm-hmm. a year ago, I actually directed like my first short called Piggy. It's the first and only thing I've directed and so like basically fucked mm-hmm. my segment of fucked is like the second thing so I'm like oh god <laughs> like because I'm still learning and like growing with it but like just being able to do it and like even learn from like making piggy and then coming to this like uh it was like a total learning experience and like I loved every second of it and I'm just happy that I'm able to kind of still do both because both are fun and have their different aspects to it excellent and so since getting into more of the filmmaking directing aspect of it do you have any advice for people maybe particularly women that want to get into either filmmaking or extreme filmmaking and I'm not even sure I'm kind of wondering is there a difference like to get into both of those fields I would say there's not much of a difference to get into both. Obviously, both kind of have like their different following and like type of fans in a sense. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, horror fans across the board that love both types. But I think when you go into extreme, a lot of times it's not like, oh, well, women don't like those type of films, that sort of thing. But they're out there and like, um, we're part of it. And so when it comes to just wanting to direct and get into filmmaking, I just say go for it. If you've got a phone, you can go ahead and make a film if you wanted to. And there's so many easy ways that you can start creating these days. And I would say just also just kind of like watch some YouTube videos. If you're wanting to learn how to do something, and there's always easy ways to figure out, okay, this is what I need to do for this camera setting or to how to do this effect. And sort of just like study up a little bit and then just find people that you can rely on to create with. Like that's the other biggest piece. And that's just mm-hmm. with filmmaking in general. Like so many people like, because obviously... We're not paid (laughs) a lot of it. Super low budget and stuff like that. So just finding people that want to create and like if you can find a budget, awesome. If not, figure out how to make it still be awesome without it. So excellent. Great advice. You kind of just got to get out there and start creating. Basically. And you won't know until you do it. So, like, you know, if you make one film and it turns out shitty, you're going to learn from it for the next one that you do. So you just got to keep going and just don't give up. Excellent. Pretty much one of my last questions is, what is your favorite extreme horror film and why? Ooh. <laughs> That's a really tough question. One that, like, I spit on your grave is, like, always just a classic. But one that I've recently watched that I loved um, was A Perfect Child of Satan by Lucifer Valentine. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I dug into those films um, from the documentary. <laughs> so, um, but I think that one, just because, like, oddly enough, like, there's a weird sense of, like, being able to relate to, like, online dating and just trying to find that perfect partner that's, like, so hard to find these days, especially with the way people meet now. It's not all in person. You can it's online mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So just very relatable and stuff like that. But that was one I definitely enjoyed recently. Oh, excellent, Lucifer Valentine film. That's great. I um I personally haven't seen any of any of his movies yet. He's he's on the list. And and like you, I watched uh, Beyond Horror, Jesse and Marcus's documentary, and loved it so much and learned one hell of a lot. Um, like I've been dabbling in extreme horror over the last like twenty or so years 
years, but haven't gone super, super deep into it. And I, I just loved it because I, I started writing down movies and names of directors and creators. I'm like, oh God, I have so much to learn. That's exactly what I did when I watched it. <laughs> so like, I totally have a list of like ones that I still want to check out. Some of them are, I was able to like look on YouTube and kind of see like trailers and watch some of them. So if I can find it online or a way to like, mm-hmm. um, purchase it to watch online obviously that's the easiest way and then others I'm kind of waiting for the funds to purchase them just so I can be able to watch them and grow and learn with it and just be wowed by everything (laughs) yes yeah exactly okay well where can people find you online they can find me um on Facebook and Instagram those are basically the only two headless cat productions is my production company so we're on Facebook and Instagram um Instagram is headless cat pro and then personal Facebook page and then personal Instagram is DI666IE. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, those are all my questions today, Dixie. Thank you again for meeting with me. No problem. Thanks for having me. God, why are you doing this to me? Fuck. I've never met anyone like this. I can't fucking wait. Can't believe this is happening to me. This is a video diary of me getting ready to meet who I think is going to be, who is the man of my fucking dreams. Um, it's a little geeky. I met him online. It was an alternative dating chat room. We've just been talking a lot through email. When I talk to him, he's just, he's so fun. He's got this crazy sense of humor. And I gave him my home phone number. And he wants me to come and meet him. We're gonna go meet in a hotel room. He's gonna have a car waiting for me. I know I just recorded two minutes ago, but fuck, I cannot believe this is fucking happening to me. I can't fucking stop smiling. Today's the day, and I just know it's fucking right. But I'm actually getting ready. I'm gonna go meet him soon. You look fine. You look fine. You look good. You look good. You're ready. interview is with Sydney. Sydney Clara Brofman is an award-winning writer and filmmaker living in Brooklyn, New York. Her focus drives her to study the human condition, the irony of circumstance, the tragedy of humor, and the environments they inhabit with a wicked sense of humor and style. When she's not making movies, she's passionately hating Coco, removing stage blood stains from her clothes, and enjoying cats on the street. Sydney's short in fucked is called, The Only Thing I Love More Than You Is Ranch Dressing. So, the first question I'd love to ask you, Sydney, is why did you want to get involved with a project like Fucked? Yeah, I have not been a part of an anthology in this way before. I've done collaborative projects where I've like, I've worked on like 48 hour film challenges and I have my own anthology going, but I haven't actually been able to sort of like join someone else's. Um, And when I saw that the topic was about extreme horror, I got really excited because although it's not my default taste like I don't everything I make isn't extreme horror but it's something that I'm excited about I am really inspired by a lot of extreme horror references uh like Takashi Miike and Gaspar No I feel like both of them kind of have this like extreme sensibility that I 
love to use in my work, um, which my work is teeny tiny. I work in about one minute time span. Um, so mm-hmm. as much intense energy as I can put out in one minute, I love to do. Um, so when I saw that it was like an all-female extreme horror anthology, I was like, okay, this is incredible. Like I fit right in. I can't wait to show what I have. I can't wait to see what everyone else is doing. And I was super excited that Jesse wanted me to be a part of it. Excellent. I'm also really excited about this. You know, it's a one of a kind project. And I only met Jessie, well, I guess, online virtual meeting of her uh, recently. And she is probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. And, you know, I'm really happy that she's uh, able to put this together. And, you know, uh, that exposure, I think will be great for everyone. And I'm just personally really excited about it. Yeah. So, okay. My next question is, uh, what was your favorite scene in your short film or during production? Like what was a favorite moment? If there's like a little brief anecdote you have, uh, for production or for a short film. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to pick a favorite scene (laughs) with, you know, one minute. Although, um, I, I keep hearing people tell me that like, there's, really so much that's going on in my minute films that it's really it's wonderful to hear that people are like getting an entire story from this which that's the whole point um there really are like an insane number of scenes even though it's only one minute so i really i appreciate that i would say when we were shooting so with ranch uh the couple who are the actors are a couple in real life they were engaged when we were shooting they're now married um they're both adorable and amazing and i love them i have worked with madison before on my thesis film when i was in college um but i hadn't worked with her uh then fiance now husband james before and they're both actors but i only kind of like knew him i didn't work with him and so uh i mean i i knew that i wanted them to do this because ranch is somewhat of a romantic story and I thought that having a a real life couple do it there was going to be just like such a comfortable energy there where like you know obviously we're doing something really kind of funny and kind of weird and the fact that they already you know have that level of comfort with each other it felt kind Mm -hmm. of perfect and the I like don't want to like give away too much because it is only a minute and like there is like there's a moment but there's a moment where James screams and I like it was so hard for me to keep my composure because I was laughing so hard and it was (laughs) such a wonderful moment that like I I kind of lost my shit while we were shooting. It was so good. Um, He is maybe one of the best like screams I've heard in a while. It's not like, because, you know, with, like, final girl screams, there's, like, you kind of, like, know, you're, like, okay, this is, like, a perfect scream for what you need. But with guys, it's kind of different because, like, you know, they have different vocal tones. And, like, Uh sometimes, like, when guys scream, it's, like, goofy. Sometimes it's, like, okay, they're really scared. And his scream was just, like, the perfect combination of, like, very funny, very, like throaty that just like hearing because I hadn't heard him scream before I was like okay we're just gonna yeah. win it like let's go let me hear you scream and it was so amazing <laughs> that is absolutely my favorite moment it was so good and that's like what I want I want that moment I want to be like pissing myself laughing on my sets that's my goal <laughs> uh I'm sure I feel like he probably hasn't even heard himself scream like <laughs> yeah it's not often that you would do that <laughs> 
Yeah, I would hope not. <laughs> Your day-to-day life. Oh, well, this sounds super fun. As a, like a side sub question, um, why did you choose a one-minute short? So it's funny because before this, I had actually made a 15-second short, um, oh, and it was yeah. just super simple. Um, it's sort of based uh, on a phobia that I have. Um, and it, it's spiraled into developing more phobias. And I, I have this anthology called Tiny Terrors, which is basically, um, an exploration of phobias, but very unique and interesting phobias, not like, you know, the fear of heights. It has to be something Uh unique and interesting. And I love talking to people about their phobias. I love when they tell me things that they're afraid of, because I feel like we're sharing such a wonderful, like intimate, piece of each other but also we're Mm -hmm. like kind of making it a little less scary because we're like putting it out in the open we're like not afraid to hide it anymore and so I have I don't know why I started thinking about it but one day like this like intrusive thought just like ran through my head like just like the words like like across my eyes and it was like if you walk up the stairs while carrying a drink with a straw and you trip you're gonna stab your eye out and so, um, yeah, it's, it's very graphic and it was something that I was like, cool. Now that I have this thought, I will never not be able to not think about it when I'm walking upstairs. And so I made a 15 second film about it and I had a girl walk up stairs drinking Thai iced tea and, you know, there's a big fat boba straw there and it just goes right through her eye. And so oh, that, yeah, it's only 15 seconds though. Cause that's all you need to really you know, yep. tell that story. Yep. And so I was like, okay, this is amazing. I don't need to be making films that are like 10, 15 minutes. Mm. I don't even need to be making films that are three minutes. Like I can tell my story in literally 15 seconds. Um, and there is yeah. a 15 second cut of ranch, but I like the director's cut is one minute because I have a lot more like, it's so funny. Like, Oh, I have so many more establishing shots and I have like so many more shots of like all this and that. But it was like, I, I have the story in 15 seconds and like, that's so tight you get the same vibe but then when you add a little bit more you kind of get like okay cool like we see the bar they're in we see like everything that's going on we see the food and then you know it's kind of it's kind of like a cheating one minute because there's like 30 seconds of credits so it's really it's like a 30 second film and then 30 seconds of credits but I I love to kind of like brand it as like a one minute short I feel like it really makes it stand out and it kind of like shows people that you know you can tell a story in this really, really short amount of time. You don't need to have, like, these incredibly long, like, intense, you know, sweeping, um, like, landscape scenes. You don't need, like, establishing shots. Like, you can just have, like, a teeny tiny little story, and people love it. And, you know, it's no shade to anyone who makes films that aren't a minute either. Like, it's yeah. incredible no matter what. But I kind of love working in this teeny tiny platform. It's a good challenge, too, because... Uh-huh. Not only do you have to, like, edit it in a minute, but conceptually you have to develop a story that works in one minute, which is, I would say, other people may say it's really hard. People keep telling me, like, oh my god, how are you doing this? Like, I could not possibly do it. I'm actually finding it a lot easier to write stories for one minute. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just been a lot of fun. I've done a couple of them. I love it. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, it's also great because you can, like, bang them out really fast like you can do one a year and it's like one shoot day really really low commitment on your crew and cast it's like you're not asking for so much of their time we shot ranch in like i think maybe six hours and then we just like hung out and like ate wings for another six hours like it was it was like so (laughs) easy it was like the most easiest shoot i've ever had in my life and then i i like edit it in i think like maybe a week and a half including 
post and like color and everything. I don't know. They're just, they're great. I love them. Excellent. I mean, just keep creating, you know, that seems to kind of be a, maybe a, a philosophy of yours. Just like keep creating. It doesn't have to be full feature length, two hour long movies. Just keep putting yourself out there. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to keep making these films until I yeah. have 60 of them. And then I can be like, look at my feature. <laughs> look at my 60 yeah. minute feature that I've made. 60 individual films. <laughs> well, earlier you mentioned Takashi Miike. So my main final question is, why do you love extreme cinema and extreme horror? Yeah, I mean, so obviously, like when you think of Takashi Miike, like Audition is the, you know, big one that comes to mind. I... I've seen it in theaters, too, which is, like, such a wonderful experience. It's such an interesting way of storytelling where, you know, you don't always need, like, buckets of blood either, too. Like, I I think of other um, horror filmmakers who, like, could be considered extreme. Like, I think Eli Roth kind of fits in that category as well. Um, I recently watched... um, uh, Green Inferno and you know uh-huh. obviously it's it's very extreme but in a way I find like that's not as much storytelling as it is like exposition and so uh-huh. I think that like you can do a lot with buckets of blood but you also don't need that to be extreme and I think that Takashi Miike is a wonderful example because with Audition like there's not that much blood really and it's it's just like uh-huh. The, uh-huh. the torture of it and that is so much worse than seeing like all of these like prosthetic limbs and and eyeballs being like pulled out of your head like it's more of like the teeny tiny little needles going into this man's body over and over again and like the way that she like she does this like little sing-songy thing every time she does it like that that's terrifying and i love that and i i find that like that kind of psychological horror can be extreme and I don't know. It's just it's super it's it's super inspiring. I don't see it a lot either. Too like when you think of extreme horror, I think most people go to like the buckets of blood mentality. But uh-huh. um, yeah, no the the like deranged psychological warfare, like breaking someone down with obviously uh-huh. there's physical harm, but the the mental turmoil is far worse for sure. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. There's such a wide array of uh, things that you could do to the human body that, you know, transgresses, you know, boundaries and, and, and crosses out, you know, taboos and everything. So excellent. So it sounds like Audition might be a favorite film of yours. I do. I love Audition. Um, yeah. I, I was talking about like Gaspar No earlier. I also love Climax too. I saw that in theaters and I was so nauseous but like in a good way like I it was funny I saw it at Alamo and they had it was like a special screening where there was like a Q&A with Gaspar also and like they had a special drink menu where you could get the sangria and so I obviously got it like I'm not you know I'm gonna go there I'm gonna get the sangria of course and I'm drinking it and like I without like giving because like the movie just spirals and it's so amazing the way it unravels I'm just like sitting there drinking this sangria and I'm like sweating and I'm like oh my god this is like so much for me and it was so good and I yeah I mean I I think I would consider that maybe extreme horror too it again like there's not a lot of blood but just like everything that happens is so so fucked up and like such a good fucked up way yeah it's great I haven't seen it yet. I've heard weird, wonderful, wacky things about it. So yeah, I also think it's maybe one of the best dance movies I've ever seen. Which you know, I 
I have mixed thoughts about the uh, Suspiria remake, and everyone's like, this is the pivotal dance movie, and I'm like, well, have you seen Climax? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, that pretty much wraps that up. So where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, Squib Films is my sort of main uh, pseudonym, and then the anthology I was talking about earlier is called Tiny Terrors. So both of those are on Instagram, uh, at Squib Films, at Tiny Terrors Films, um, same thing on Twitter, same thing on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter and everything. Uh, my name is Sydney Broffman. What else? I have a cat. My cat's really cute, not extreme horror at all. The exact <laughs> opposite. Uh, his name's Benny. You could always follow him, too. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's on Instagram? Oh, well, where can we find Benny? Uh, at HyoBenny. H-A-Y-O-B-E-N-I. Perfect. Well, I will be doing that immediately because most of my Instagram are animals. So <laughs> excellent. So thank you again so much, Sidi, for joining me today uh, for a little chit chat about Fucked. And I can't wait to see it and see Ranch. It sounds amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And I will say the full title as well is The Only Thing I Love More Than You is Ranch Dressing. But I always okay. I shorten it to Ranch because it's, you know, it's a long title. <laughs> Excellent. OK, well, take care of yourself. Thanks so much. You too. And that's it. I was actually only able to track down three out of five female creators for the anthology Fucked. Hopefully I'll be able to interview the other two in the near future. But this was an absolute blast. I learned a lot about filmmaking, about these women and how much they love and adore extreme horror. And on that note, folks, I'll see you next time. Remember, stay grim. (laughs) 